The Silver Screen Project. Welcome to The Silver Screen Project, where we look back at a series of films in anticipation of an exciting new cinema release. In preparation for Christopher Nolan's new film Oppenheimer, we went back and watched his first big budget film, Memento. And now we've gone back and watched his other war film, Dunkirk, from 2017. Mm. Had you seen Dunkirk before? I have, yeah. I've seen it. I saw it in the cinema and I think I've seen it since. When we were watching it, me and Amy, she said that we'd watched it together, but I don't (laughs) have a memory of that. But yeah, I've seen it at least once in the cinema and uh, yeah, I really like this film. I think it's good. I think it's it's tense. It's exciting. It's quite heartbreaking at times. It's not a perfect film. There's things that, I don't love about it. It's got an interesting structure, but some of that doesn't work fully for me. <laughs> and it also, it's actually more linked to Oppenheimer than we thought, because of course it stars Oppenheimer's evil twin brother, <laughs> the murderous, what was he called? Joseph Oppenheimer. Joseph Oppenheimer. <laughs> Posing as a British naval officer in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, it's got a couple of people that are going to be in Oppenheimer. Really? Okay. Yeah. But it, how, how, do you, how do you feel about this film? Uh, so I didn't see this in cinema, which okay. I do kind of regret because mm. I think it would have been quite a, a thing. I do, I do really like this film. I don't love it. I think yeah. there's like I think part of me thinks it's a bit overrated Fair in enough. that you yeah, see yeah. A year, lots of reviews and stuff being like 10 out of 10 film oh, of no, the year, yeah, no. best war film oh, ever. No. And I was like, I like a lot of this film. I don't love it. So it's, mm. it's kind of hard to criticize because it's like, it's not that I don't like any of it. So I like <laughs> a lot of it. Yeah. I found it hard to find negatives. I was like, I don't love this, but I, I don't really have any negatives. I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I kind of scrambled and just dug out bits at the end like someone would do in a war you know when they were <laughs> no, but yeah they, I didn't like collect bits along the way that I didn't like but I just overall I've got some kind of general bits but the, the things I do like like I think the opening is really strong I think yeah. that whole scene where there's there's barely any dialogue there's a little bit of like on glaze on glaze and he goes through and yeah. all of that it, it feels like a one shot and it, it's like what like two years, a year or two before 1918, 1917, 1917. damn it. Yeah. Which, which has similar vibes to, to that it's, opening it's scene. It's It really like gets you in kind of setting the scene where like mm. there's kind of chaotic gunfire and you realise they're like desperately trying to escape. Well, you yeah, see... even before that, it's like complete silence with the, the things yeah. coming down. Yeah, and then but suddenly you see the flyers and you're yeah, like, oh yeah. shit. And then when he gets up to the beach and it kind of, the camera almost opens yeah, up and you yeah. see thousands of people just queuing and you're like oh shit like, yeah because you see yeah this is the, the situation the text kind of tells you what's going on and then very quickly it shows you like almost the reality of it and i feel like even on that beach scene there you, i mean there's so much storytelling going on there's like the the guy who turns out to be the the french soldier who's posing and yeah. burying him there's that but there's even just like when the bombing runs come across and everyone scatters and then like everyone just kind of goes back to what they were doing. Yeah. And you see that on the pier and stuff later, but it's just like, it shows how used to it they all are. It's yeah. Like, it's it's kind of yeah. like that snafu thing that originated the Vietnam War, right. the situation yes. normal all fucked yes. up. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is like, yeah, things are chaos. I think one thing that is interesting, like it's, you kind of mentioned it then it kind of goes on throughout the film mm. is kind of the lack of dialogue throughout. Yeah, yeah. Like Christopher Nolan is kind of known for having several like <laughs> yeah. exposition scenes in mm. his films where you have 
Michael Caine sitting down and explaining <laughs> what's happened so far. Yeah. Whereas in this, like the the storytelling tells itself when you've got yeah, it's kind of so it's a free prong. You have story. Kenneth Branagh kind of doing a bit of that role, but but nowhere yeah. near as heavily as the other one. Yeah, three so, prong story so you, and three timelines as well. Which, yeah, so you've got yeah. you've got the beach, you've got. Yeah. Mark Rylance on the boat. You've got Tom Hardy in the air. Yes. Lancey in air. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great storytelling device. I like that. Yeah. I think the thing that confused me at first when I first saw it is they, because the place is called the mole, like the, the the end of the dock thing. Yeah. And that's a bit confusing because if you don't know what that means and they don't explain that for about yeah. 20 more minutes, you're then thinking, who's a mole in this situation? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it says the sea one day and you go, okay, so that's the mole, this is the sea. And then when it says the air, you're like, okay, so yeah, I feel like that could have been slightly clearer and they probably should have just said land. But then yeah. I guess because they're, uh, it's mostly set on the dock. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I think that land, sea and air and the timelines thing where you see little previews of what's happening in Tom Hardy's uh storytelling because yeah. you see like the oil on the boat and you see certain little things i feel like some of that is quite effective in kind of just teasing and kind of confusing you a little bit and then and then relaying it there are bits i don't love about that which... yeah no i think it is it's quite cool because just for no one loves messing with time yeah It'd be awful if you ever had a time machine because you would just <laughs> mess around with concept. But yeah, it's like the the land stuff's a week and the boat is yeah. a day and the the plane's an hour. That's right. And yeah. it's kind of it's really well written, so you you are jumping between the three, but mm. it never seems like you're focusing on one too much. No, and they all kind of come to an end together. Yes, which is very memento actually, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and it, it comes together, and you're yeah. like they've all kind of been yeah. at different paces reaching this same point, mm. and it's cool. And then it kind of has the epilogue after with them getting back to England. Yes. Which yeah. I thought was, is, is I think quite that, nice. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. It's very like pro, I mean, obviously pro allies because I don't think <laughs> it can really be pro access in uh, any kind of way. But, um, but you know, it feels very like patriotic and British and yeah. uh, British film made by British people, which, you know, it's fine. I mean, Churchill himself, obviously not a great guy. Most people would know, but, <laughs> but him reading, having the main guy who, we don't even really get his name. I don't I think, think it's Tommy. I think it might be a very British soldier name from what we're yeah. doing. But him reading that out from the newspaper is quite an effective way of doing that. And yeah, I, yeah. I feel like it's it's another film that I, I did like that I think was a bit more mm. egregious in doing that was the the Gary Old. Uh, right, I, didn't, I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, the Gary Oldman one where he plays uh, Churchill. Yeah. I'm sure um, look at me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and that yeah, kind of yeah. peaks. It's telling the same story, but from his perspective. I feel like that was a lot more like, oh, yeah. Look Darkest how, hour. Darkest hour. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah. Whereas this, I feel like it tells like a genuinely like interesting and fascinating story. Yeah. I think also the elements, we spoke a little bit about the different, um, the three timelines. I think having the the C one as civilians going on this little mission, yeah, and them doing it of their own accord, and Mark Rylance being like, "We're just going to go and do it," and the the you know the most heartbreaking bit of all, George coming with them and them saying, yeah. We're "Off to war, off to war, George," and then obviously that doesn't go particularly well for him. But having that kind of civilian point of view is, I think, really important because although. Um, most of the people we meet are very human characters. It's just a different perspective of the whole affair. Yeah, I think it makes it more interesting. It's really interesting, yeah, that different perspectives because even within kind of the the military, you get a different Mm. perspective because Kenneth Branagh's like a high-ranking person. 
You've got the privates who are just running around like scared of most stuff. Yeah. And then you've got Tom Hardy who's just like, he's not a major rank, but like he's yeah. just professional and he's determined. Like yeah, I think some of the dogfighting stuff is just really effective because it's really calm and it's really kind of calculated. Yeah. It's not, it, it's fast paced, but it's, it's, do you know what I mean? It's not confusing. It's not confusing. It feels like you're in like a simulator and, you know, when they line up the the crosshairs and they're, you know, especially when there's still a couple of them in the air and they're kind of, um, I don't know any of the terms, but they're pulling the other one across in front. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all very like, you know, get a couple of shots off. You see the smoke come out. And there's a couple of moments where you're just like, yeah, we really get somewhere. <laughs> yeah, just... it is a bit of a, like a fist punch. Mm. Fist pump it's in it's the movie. more some of the most action in this really because there's some bombing and stuff and there's yeah and there's moments you know of like escaping from the the um, boat when he gets hit by the torpedo and stuff yeah which i think is a very tense scene but there's, but it's there's not there's no like movie. um like frontline shooting at another no, enemy it's it's mostly yeah. getting attacked very interesting that the only enemy soldiers that you see are the i think they look like nazi guys who turn up and get uh, yeah Tom that, hardy right at the end that was uh I think it was one of my yeah, yeah. One, one of my trivia was that they're the only German soldiers seen in the entire yeah. film, and they're blurred out yeah. because they're focused on Tom Hardy. Yeah. It's a really interesting like it thing is to, yeah because you see that and then you go oh yeah okay yeah yeah because like you're the... just focusing on the British mm. and the French yeah. sitting there on on the beach and it's like oh yeah we don't actually need to show the enemy to be scared of the enemy sort yeah. of thing yeah it's very very interesting very clever and that shot of tom hardy in front of the burning spitfire is like a feels like a classic nolan shot yeah which is really uh there's some uh the the cinematography in this mm. is throughout you, yeah. you mentioned that shot of tom yeah, hardy yeah. at the end it's great it's, some of the Did ones I say tom holland just then I don't I know. I might have done. Well, you can't let, remember. Let me know. <laughs> but yeah, some of it, just like all the people squeezed onto the boat yeah. or... All on the pier, going up to All the on the pier, yeah it, yeah, yeah. it looks amazing. And there's a couple of IMAX shots like when um, Tom Hardy's doing the kind of gliding at the end where he's, his engine's out. Yeah. There's some great sweeping shots of the beach where you can see people all kind of filing away. And, yeah, yeah, and then also really the cool. the kind of the camera panning as Tom Hardy flies by mm. at the end and everyone's just like cheering yeah. you just see rows and rows of people like yeah. going on forever. I, I do wonder I mean I really like that bit where he's just he's just making the most of the airtime he's got and he takes out that bomber at the end Yeah, that's one of the real like yeah moments like you say but I do wonder why he didn't turn around and go kind of land closer to where everyone else was he seems to just carry on. Down. I think it's because there's thousands of people on the beach and he needed like a big yeah. area to land i guess uh, yeah i feel like yeah i i don't christopher Lone is not not the kind of director that would be like hey uh, you know he's gonna say something but you yeah. know maybe tom hardy going to say oh, no space to you know i don't know because it just seems a little bit or or land in the sea like the other guy did it just seems like an unnecessary yeah. he just keeps flying for like miles <laughs> to go across but. um one, one thing i did really appreciate is uh the historical accuracy of this whole thing. Yeah. like uh the the films like this like war films can quite often be like 
Mm. exaggerated or telling yeah. new stories and stuff have like a new hero that does a load of yeah stuff. but like yeah. everything in this film I, I think i saw like the one thing that they weren't actually accurate is that the dog fights are actually higher in the air than what we see oh, okay right like, so even the, those parts are yeah, yeah but okay. like even like the characters we see are like based on based real on people real, or yeah. a combination of people like mark violence's character was based on a guy who oh, was cool. on the titanic who took his yacht over to Dunkirk, like right, interesting. just to get himself. And even like at the end, when he got back, they were amazed at how many people he could fit on there. <laughs> okay, cool. And I was like, oh, they've taken like real stories. Yeah, yeah. The I think there was a couple of pilots that did what Tom Hardy did and like used the last of their petrol just to clean sweep the, cool, the things. Cool. And it's like, yeah, I appreciate that because it's like, yeah, when you've got kind of a cool story with loads of cool things happening, you, you don't need to make shit up. Yeah, <laughs> try and use as much as you can if if they're like if there is interesting stuff. Yeah, I think there's there's lots of great moments in this that we haven't mentioned. I think Kenneth Branagh, one of the most kind of emotional moments, other than the Barry Keoghan. Keoghan? Keo? Yeah, mm. I, I I always said Keo, and then I looked it up last night, and it's it's more like Keegan. Right. Anyway. But yeah. other than that, which we could talk about in a sec, the Kenneth Branagh moment where because they've reinforced this homes over only over there, you can almost see home, and then there's the bit with all the dots on the horizon, and he lifts up, and it's really tense, and the mil- music's building. And then as he brings his binoculars down, he's got tears in his eyes and the guy's like, yeah. what can you see? And he's like, home. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Kenneth Brown is great. And then obviously he then decides to stay yeah. to get like, I like the, the French The other guy's just like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> just jumps on the yeah, boat. Yeah, old uh, Jarvis from Agent Jarvis, Cut. yes, yeah. I did think as well, although that's a very, uh, you know, emotional moment, the, based on the direction he's looking, surely it's very likely that it is going to be the boats they asked for and not, just lots and lots of Nazi boats coming to get them. Because he sees when he looks across, because he's worried at first and it's this tense thing, but oh, he's yeah. looking towards, you know, Dorset, towards Dover, and it's lots of little boats. Surely, as a Navy guy, you'd have a bit of an idea. Yeah, that maybe it's not. he's just concerned and he's scared. Just yeah, yeah. But, um, another thing that I thought was great, obviously, Hans Zimmer did the score, yes. um, which he, he does a lot of Nolan <laughs> films. It's it's excellent. Yeah. They're like increasing tension throughout the film yeah. and the constant ticking That's it, that yeah, goes throughout. Yeah. It just yeah. it creates this huge tension. Even mm. when there's scenes that like seem pretty chill, you're just constantly feeling tense throughout yeah. like, the hour and a half of it, this. It kind of the ticking is, yeah, like you say, almost constant and it kind of it fades sometimes to almost inaudible. Like like Christopher Nolan's dialogue, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then it swells, and there's there's little ticking motifs. Yeah, it's very very effective, and it reminded me a little bit of um, one of the things that seeing Paranormal Activity in the cinema that that made it so scary was there's this weird kind of it's almost like that um, background, not a brown noise. It's a bit like a brown noise. It's like a deep kind of yeah. hum. And they would play it during the scenes where it's the night vision at night and they'd build that up and it really, really actually effectively yeah. with the surround sound uh, really made you feel on edge. And I feel like they used the ticking in a similar way in this. Yeah, I, I read, I don't think it's more trivia, but that was actually Christopher Nolan's stopwatch that he he right. ticked and recorded it and <laughs> sent that to Hans Zimmer and been like, use this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. yeah I think uh, there's lots of tense bits. I think one particularly tense bit was when they're all hiding on the the boat yes and the, the shots just coming in and they're like yeah we need to be quiet and then they're like get rid of this guy he's yeah. a german spy and you're just like 
yeah. on edge the whole time. Because it's like we've seen from the introduction of that character that something's a bit off with him. You see that he's wearing the boots of the dead guy and that's a bit like yeah. something's going wrong here. But he's he's helped them out like on the um, the boat when the torpedo hit. He opened the door, I think, didn't he? Or yeah. something like that. Harry Styles' character is a bit of a twat in this, to be honest. I don't think he really redeems himself. No. Maybe maybe with the oily boys bit. I don't really Yeah, know. not as much as like Killian Murphy kind of redeems yeah. not redeems himself but has remorse yeah and I think there's that moment with him where where he the guy lies to him about George so yeah. the George bit I think is some of my it's my favourite kind of little mini story because yeah. it, it's it, it's the kind of thing where because he just gets bashed on the head and it's not like a big dramatic thing and just like the reveal when he's just the guy's like, oh, come on, we need you up there in a bit. And he's like, I, I can't see. And it's just yeah. like, I, I remember getting really affected when, by that. In the cinema, when the, yeah. the other guy says to the soldier, oh, watch him. And he's like, he's yeah. dead, mate. Yeah, that's, and you're yeah, just, yeah. It just like, you just, your and heart he just like, like And he goes, yeah, I know, be careful of it. Because he's yeah. just putting on this front and it's, yeah. And then he lies to, to Killian Murphy saying, oh, yeah, he's fine. Don't yeah. worry. And then he sees the, the stretcher t- taking him off. He disappears into the crowd. I think yeah, it's yeah. like with, with Killian Murphy's character, like Mark Rylance mentions that he's got like shell shock and yes, stuff. And it's yeah. like, he clearly is being you affected. You can see him be such a different character earlier on when yeah. you saw him as well. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you can see why he's being affected and like, you kind of, you feel sorry for him, even though he's accidentally killed a man. You're like, yeah. man, that's, it that's was so clearly unfortunate a, for it him. It was clearly an accident. And you, if you know, anyone escaping war wouldn't want to be on the first boat back to the, the place you just escaped from. So yeah. I understand his perspective there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's most of what I, I've got. I haven't, yeah. like I said, I haven't really got anything negative to say apart from, I think it's, it's probably slightly overrated. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think, I feel like, I don't know exactly what it is because I feel like it's something around the end of the timelines coming together something didn't feel fully right to me. And I think it's because when the all the boys on the beach are in the boat, we it's very unclear how it gets from there to them with like the oil spill. Yeah. And I feel like you see them being rescued with the oil before we see them fully leave the beach. There's something about the time. Yeah, that. no, that, that confused you know me I mean? slightly yeah. as well. I, I really like the reveal that the main guy is alive because he's the one being dragged along and the oil washes off him and you see. Yeah. I think that's really, really effective and works really well. But we see like Harry Styles' character and the bit he's dead mate kind of thing. I think is before the boats even got off the beach. Yeah. So I no. think there's a little bit of editing that maybe you know Christopher Nolan's normally very good at it I'm sure there's an intentional message there or or whatever but it just didn't fully yeah and me. I think it's it's not as um as much of a problem with Tom Hardy's storyline because he doesn't interact with any other characters yeah yeah, yeah and th- yeah that is there is a bit of a confusing bit where I think he shoots a load he shoots that last plane like after we already know they've escaped or something there's something that's a bit but yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Or no, maybe it's they've all escaped and then we see him landing, which is obviously like a day before or whatever, however long it took them to get across the... But it's yeah. just like, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I think uh, there's... Just before we finish off, I think like there's a couple other funny moments like... Well, not funny. <laughs> I was about to say funny moments. Like George being in the paper at the end is like a nice cap off. Yeah. Because he said he wanted to be in the paper to show his dad or whatever. And it's just like. Yeah. And it's, it's quite sweet. Because obviously you could easily just feel it with like war heroes and stuff. And it's yeah. like he didn't go to fight in the war. But no, no. And the fact it part. was this like split second decision that he just left on the boat at the end. Yeah. I really like. 
um, yeah, the guy who wakes up and thinks he's missed all the boats, <laughs> like that would suck uh, so much. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we're over here, we're officers. Over. <laughs> uh, and also I noticed that the uh, the train seats seem to be exactly the same as the ones we have nowadays. So <laughs> British trains haven't changed much since 1940. Yeah. I, I did like the whole, like, they thought they were going to get like spat yeah, on and ashamed. Yeah, yeah. And then he looks up and there's a guy like handing over beers because yeah, yeah. the public have been told that, you know, it's a great That's evacuation. Th- I think... Um, Watching it this time, I really didn't sympathise, empathise with Harry Styles' character at all because I just remembered him trying to force the guy out into the... So him being yeah. like, oh, we, we ran away. I'm like, well, you, you're a little twat anyway, so you can fuck it up. I still kind of had some sympathy for yeah, him because yeah. he's I panicking. I the wrong way. I, I think I saw as well that Christopher Nolan purposely cast like young, unknown yes, actors because yeah. like, that hadn't been in stuff because yeah. that's the sort of people that are at the beach. There's a couple of the faces. Obviously, Harry Styles stands out because he's Harry Styles. Yeah. There's a couple of faces that you kind of recognise from other British stuff, but just as like that British guy or whatever like a couple yeah. of the guys in the boat with them like one of them is in like Game of Thrones at some point and right. the main the main guy is in um, Bandersnatch the um, Black Mirror yeah. thing which I, I looked up afterwards but yeah but he's, speak, he's yeah. not casting you know Killian Murphy as one of these kids yeah, hiding yeah, on the boat no, exactly. <laughs> yeah because they would be like you know 18 to 20 yeah. year old kind of guys yeah. so I've got yeah. I've got a few bits of trivia one of them was uh, talking about the fact we don't see any German troops mm-hmm. um, I read that uh, this movie was shot on the actual beach at Dunkirk where the evacuation oh, cool. took place okay. I think uh, I read that they were looking at shooting locations and visited the beach and they were like actually this worked we could shoot here yeah. Yeah, it's a really yeah. big wide sandy beach so it worked for filming anyway yeah and uh, I think I saw um when when they were like looking around the beach, Christopher Nolan found a button buried in the sea from like a World War Two uniform, wow, okay. and it was like, okay, that may have washed <laughs> up or something. Just happened to be when he's there. And yeah. um, the other one trivia I got is that according to Kenneth Branagh, roughly thirty Dunkirk survivors who, in their mid nineties, attended the premiere in London. Yeah. Uh, when asked about the movie, they felt that it accurately captured the event but the soundtrack was louder than the actual bombardment. <laughs> I can't they greatly amused Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yep, <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> that, yeah, that, I always wonder this, when like veterans go to see war films about any war, but let alone the war they were in. Yeah. Do, uh, do you wonder how like triggering that could be for well, like... PTSD? I remember some... Um, or with Schindler's List, like some mm. Auschwitz survivors like visited yeah. the set and stuff because obviously Spielberg was making it yeah. and was so horrified at seeing Ray Fiennes that like it nearly like broke them down. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he had to be like, I'm yeah, sorry, I'm I not think... really I'm not really this this guy. Yeah. God. So yeah, I mean we're gonna get less and less of it, really, aren't we? Because yeah. these yeah, people yeah. were in their mid nineties. Yeah, and it was what, six years ago now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Kind of, it's yeah. not not going to be long until we've got no World War Two veterans left. No, no, no. Which is it's kind of it's sad in a way, but yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of I nice mean, it's that the, it was it, so long it's ago. The passage of time, isn't it? There's only so. Yeah, we had. Um, yeah, I met her. I met her. Uh, I don't. I can't remember if she was actually in Auschwitz, but yeah, I met a, a Holocaust survivor. One time she does, she goes around and does talks in schools. Yeah, she's very yeah. old as you can imagine, but she yeah. was very young at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play. Um, <laughs> so <yeah>. apart from <laughs> memorializing World War Two, um, the only thing left to do is ask whether this got you more or less hyped for 
Oppenheimer. Yes, it definitely got me more hyped. Prod, yes. I, uh, I, I do wonder because going into into watching Dunkirk for the first time, I was wondering what the Nolan E twist was going to be, and it the only real twist on it is the three timelines. So yeah. I really, really wonder if there'll be anything similar with Oppenheimer. And I think we've spoken before about maybe they'll be doing a timeline thing. I think the trailer has one or two shots in black and white. So that might be yeah. a Memento. Imagine thing. if they did it like Memento. <laughs> yeah. like... They might they might do it backwards, to be fair, from from explosion. But yeah. <laughs> just, that, uh, they could easily like cut it with like post-war stuff. Mm. Like post-war discussions around it. I, that's cut, what I feel. cut back to like it going on. Because there's definitely a bit in that. Well, first of all, do you want to answer the question? Because <laughs> I just thought. Oh yeah. Um, let's say yes. 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 For the sure. same reasons you. <laughs> um, the, so I've only seen the teaser trailer. The one that I played in the cinema like, you know, six months yeah. ago or whatever. And I'm fairly sure it had what looked like kind of courtroom Senate kind of stuff. And that was in black and white. So that makes me right. think that is the post-war or at least post, well, mm. it would be post-war, post-explosion. And I don't know anything about the the story in, in reality, but if there is any kind of, re- uh, you know, what's the repercussions. word? Repercussions. I was going to say recompressions. <laughs> uh, if there's no, any that's re- what they do with the bomb. <laughs> if there's any repercussions legally or anything like that or ethically or morally, maybe that'll be something that's explored with a with a dual narrative thing. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I'll uh, be finding out very soon about this. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, won't, I won't say anything, but... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it's an interesting... See, that's a possibility. Maybe, but maybe not the way you think. <laughs> okay, cool. But, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that brings us to the end of this Silver Screen project. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, the next one we will, we will be doing will be Oppenheimer, yes. as we've been building up to this. It comes out very shortly for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll release that as soon as we can. Yeah. And if you like this, check out the project project on the same podcast channel. Bye. Bye. Project. Project. Project.